Welcome to the Big Ten Review Show podcast. I'm Josh with my co-host, Mario. What's up, Mar? What is going on, everyone? What's up, Josh? Hey, I hope you got your sleep last night because we have a lot of news to cover in this episode. Like, a lot happened this week. Are you ready to get into this? I'm ready, man. I got some sleep. I got a solid four hours. I'm good to go. Oh, perfect. So, uh, the Big Ten, they released their schedules for the 2024 through 2028 seasons last week. It gets a little wild, if I'm being honest, Josh. So, um, if you guys didn't know already, Big Ten is adding USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington all starting next season. So, obviously, Josh, uh, there's some alterations that needed to be made to the schedule. Um, we can get into the team-specific schedules in a minute because I want to get into that 2024 Michigan schedule, which is ridiculous, by the way. I think we'll both agree on that. But first... Um, I wrote down some of the specifics here. So um, they now have what they're calling the Flex Protect 17 model, and I'm going to butcher this, but it, it basically means there's going to be a combination of protected opponents as well as rotating opponents for each school. So, uh, for example, if we're just looking at Michigan, uh, this Flex Protect 17 model would ensure that they play Ohio State and Michigan State every season, uh, and then the rest of their Big Ten opponents would change or, or rotate each season. There's actually uh, 12 protected matchups that I saw that they've guaranteed so far. Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, like I just mentioned. Uh, some of the other big ones are UCLA, USC, Oregon, Washington, Iowa, Wisconsin, Maryland, Rutgers, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Um, as of right now, the way it's set up, each team will get nine conference games per season. And, and then outside of the protected matchups, um, teams will play rotating opponents no more than three times in a five-year period. Another huge note I saw from this, Josh, that they're tossing out divisions. I don't know if you saw that, but no more East, no Good. more West, just one big 18-team conference. So the championship game now will feature the top two teams in the standings. I'm not sure if you saw this one, Josh. They had this big statement that they put out with all this. They're leaning heavily on the fact that distance and travel were a big part of the process. Obviously, from a logistics standpoint, when you have teams that operate on the East Coast and the West Coast, yeah, distance is going to be an issue they also said they want to keep the you know the mental and physical well-being of the athletes at the forefront there's a lot of factors that went into these schedules what are your overall thoughts on this well number one i look and i go i'm glad you're protecting some games number two the top two i mean i almost feel like you need a playoff for this at this point right like Completely a four-team agree. playoff i mean i'm looking at these schedules and i'm going to just use michigan as an example since they're they're the top in the big 10 right now they have an out-of-conference game that we haven't talked about, Texas. That's going to happen. And then they have, look at the, the following away games. Illinois, Indiana, doesn't look too crazy there. Ohio State, Washington, okay? That's three really big games if you count Texas. At home, they have Michigan State, rivalry games are never easy, Minnesota, Northwestern, and here's, here's more fun, Oregon and USC. You're talking... Five like potential top ten, top fifteen matchups. That is a brutal schedule. It's going to be really hard to be a top two team uh, if that's your type of schedule. And they're not the lone team, by the way. I'm looking at Oregon with Michigan and UCLA, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Washington. Like these are seriously tough games. Go back to Michigan real quick. Texas, USC, Washington, Oregon, Ohio State. Those are all top ten teams in the country right now as we speak. Um, Isn't that crazy? They're going to have a hell of a time next season, and it's going to be a reload year for the Wolverines on top of that, right? J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, Roman Wilson, all gone. A lot of those guys on the defense are leaving for the NFL. Uh, good luck next year, Jim Harbaugh and that Michigan squad. Yeah. The, uh, did you see, by the way, this past week, they're talking about Jim Harbaugh trying to get a deal done for a contract for him? 
I did see that, and I still don't think that's going to stop him from flirting with NFL teams come the springtime. I, it's just it's in his blood. There's going to be a clause. If if you were to sign, I would imagine there's a clause that you have to stay for X amount of time. I, I'm I'm kind of in the mode where I'll believe it when I see it. But I, at least for the Michigan fans I know, they kind of already uh, they've already felt like he's gone. Like this is his year. Now, not saying it is, but it kind of feels that way with everything that's gone down. This is his best team. I, I mean, a lot of people believe this is the best team he's had. Um, very interesting. Regardless, this schedule is going to be fun. And I'm wondering how many losses can you have to get into the new playoff? Real quick, you know, I'm going through this. You know who actually got off a little easy for next season? Ohio State. I mean, they only go out west once. Uh, they're basically the only team that only plays one of those Pac-12 newcomers, and that's Oregon. I mean, the rest of their schedule just looks like any other year in the Big Ten. Yeah, it does, just with Oregon added to it. So but- you mentioned how many losses. So actually, I had a few other quick things I jotted down. So uh First off was what happens to some of these rivalries now, right? We just saw it this past weekend, Michigan-Minnesota battle for the Little Brown Jug. Well, I mean, they're not going to be playing every year now. Actually, it will it might be a few years between games now. Maybe that makes the rivalries even bigger. And then something that you just mentioned, I kept wondering this. Obviously, this is a good financial move for the Big Ten, right? But did they screw themselves over for the playoffs now, right? It, it's 12 teams next season, but... I mean, you're not going to have an undefeated Big Ten team, right, come December next year. I I mean, you're going to have a lot of really good teams in that conference with two or maybe even three losses. I don't know. I think I think because it's a a larger playoff, I think you could potentially make an argument for a three loss team, which is going to be crazy because say let's just use Michigan as a measuring stick again. Let's say they lose to Texas, Ohio State and Oregon, but they beat USC, they beat Washington. It's hard to argue against that. I, I don't know, but the committee is going to have their hands full because you're going to be sitting here saying, I have a three-loss Michigan team that beat two top 15 teams. Also, I have a, uh undefeated you know group of five team that has played nobody, and, and they've blown everyone out. What do I do? And I... Uh, I don't envy them. I think you should do a playoff with this this Big Ten, honestly. Do you have, because I don't have it in front of me, do you have the top 25 in front of you by chance? Because I'm, I'm curious how many of these teams that are going to be in the Big Ten next season would actually be in the 12-team playoff this year. Let me take a look. I, I'm pulling it up as we speak. Right, so it would be Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State would all make it. USC would make it. Uh, Oregon, Washington are all in. All of those teams are in right now. Uh, every single one, which is UCLA's at 18. I want to share that. So they're not far off. They're a one-loss football team. I mean, it's it's tough. But here's the thing. UCLA, young quarterback. And, and I, I don't want to underestimate quarterback play because we've seen it, what a difference it makes. UCLA, young quarterback, and be bringing one back. That is really in their favor. USC, I mean, we can talk about the rumors all we want. Uh, Caleb, Caleb's going to the NFL. He's the number one pick. Um Texas, they have Quinn Ewers. Odds are he's probably going to the NFL. If not, I mean, they'd probably be. Um, I don't know why I'm saying Texas at this point. I'm uh, I'm picturing because Michigan plays Texas next year. Oregon, Bo Nix. Um, Bo Nix is going to go to the league. Washington, Michael Penix, he'll be going. Uh, Ohio State, Cal McCord, right? There you go. That's probably your favorite because he'll be back for a second year, a little bit more comfortable. Well, between and him then- and and Drew Aller at Penn State, right? Those are the, the two guys that are going to be kind of leading that Big Ten QB uh, discussion next season. That's a good point. That, yeah, I think you're 100% right. And I think uh, Dante Mora, UCLA, I think mm-hmm. realistically. Um, 
Speaking of taxes, I know I brought them up. They're definitely not a Big Ten team here, but uh, man, I, I can't believe they lost this past week in in against Oklahoma, who kind of is shocking the world right now. I talked so much trash on that game last week on the podcast. You talked so much I, crap, uh, dude. You said this is I don't <laughs> care about this game, and then you texted me. You're like, this is such a great game. <laughs> yeah, that's 100% the truth. I even said on the podcast last week, I said, uh, spoiler alert, Texas is going to win. Easy peasy, Quinn Ewers, huge game. No, not not what happened. Oklahoma, awesome game, though. Game. That was a hell of a game. That was a lot of fun to watch. I was texting you at the end of that game. I was like, this is incredible. It's one of the most fun rivalries out there, I think, as a neutral fan, not really caring who wins. Uh, I caught myself. I, I, I don't mind Texas. I caught myself rooting for Oklahoma. I kind of like the underdog here. I, uh, you know what I thought was interesting with that Texas loss? Because they were at three. Now Ohio State jumps up to three. It's looking a lot more like last season with Michigan and Ohio State in the top in the top three, right? With with some of these teams losing behind them, Texas lost, Alabama lost, LSU has lost a few times, uh, Notre Dame keeps losing, USC uh, winning ugly. Could we get two more Big Ten teams in the in the in the college football playoff this year? Man, I feel like it makes sense. I feel like it really does. Here's the thing, man. I it's so tough because. I hear so many so many conversations around Michigan hasn't played anybody, and I'm looking around going, I don't really know that anybody's played anybody. Now, Ohio State is the best resume, in my opinion, beating Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a better football team than I think they get credit for, but also they're losing some games they shouldn't be losing, right? Um, it's, I don't know that I've, uh, you know, has Washington played anybody great yet? Has USC played anybody great? I don't know that anyone has. Georgia? Auburn is is not really a strong football team this year. They just beat Kentucky. Was Kentucky that good? I I don't really know. I I thought they were better than than what happened. I just don't think there's that many stacked teams this year. I think there's like 10 teams, and they really haven't played it out except for Texas and Oklahoma. I would agree with you. Texas got that win over Bama, then a close loss to to Oklahoma, who jumped up into the top 10. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Uh, Right now, just looking at the Big Ten, Ohio State's got uh, the best resume going right now, right? They beat... Notre Dame, they beat a really good Maryland team last week, and then they have a really, really, really good Penn State team next week. So, Well, I'm going to look ahead really quick before we jump into our games, and I'm just going to tell you, on October the 21st, we have Ohio State and Penn State, and I cannot wait for this football game. This is going to be, I don't know who's going to win. I I was leading Penn State for a while, now I'm kind of leading Ohio State. I don't know. Man, I uh, I called early. What was it? Our preseason podcast. I called Penn State upsetting Ohio State in that game. I, I think, man, they they both have looked so impressive up to this point. That's going to be a really really fun game. Going to be a fun game. But why don't we dive into the games that we have this week? We have plenty to, of time to talk about one of the premier games of the year with Penn State and Ohio State on October twenty first. Um, but we've got games this week, and I don't know that we have any. Uh, premier games. I, I will say there's one that stands out to me that I'm excited for big time, but I'll, I'll get started with the first game here, which is our big noon kickoff. Indiana going to the big house, playing number two, Michigan. What are you looking at here? Um, So the early line I saw was Michigan minus 35, dude. That's, that's, that's a lot of points. I mean, they're obviously <laughs> capable of scoring, but geez, if, I mean, if I'm Indiana and I see this, that's just extra motivation because uh, that's just so disrespectful, especially after how well Indiana played them last year. If you remember, I think that game was tied up at halftime. Uh, Tom Allen had the secret sauce. Michigan couldn't figure them out. And then, uh, you know, that second half happened and, and Michigan handled their business. But 
I don't know, man. All I'm saying is 35 is a lot of points for one Big Ten team over another. Um, my initial it's thoughts a lot for of this, points. yeah. My initial thoughts for this game are that um, I, I don't think Indiana is going to be able to do anything offensively, unfortunately, because I, I like this team. Um, I thought they played some tough teams. Uh, we've talked about Ohio State schedule, but Indiana's had a really tough schedule up to this point. Uh, 30th in the country in strength of schedule right now, and, and I know they played Ohio State in Week One, and, and they played Maryland last week, but. Uh, this is going to be the best defense they'll see all season, right? Uh, Michigan's ranked first in the country in total defense. And I know we've seen this uh, Indiana offensive line really struggle over the past few weeks. They allowed three sacks at home versus Akron. They allowed three sacks uh, to Maryland. Expect even more in this game. Uh, we're not a gambling or betting podcast, but I know there's been some talk that Michigan isn't really covering spreads right now, but uh, it's because those first few weeks of the season, I mean, they were just dominating first halves. Uh, then they're they're playing their second and third stringers for the third and fourth quarters. Um, I don't know about you, Josh, but I feel like they haven't really showed anything just yet, Michigan, that is, and, and, and they haven't needed to. It's been pretty straightforward, and, and honestly, I don't think we'll see anything special from them until those final three games of the season, Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, Michigan, what I've seen for Michigan is last year they let teams hang around. This year, Michigan is just landing a death blow in the first or second quarter and then calling it a game. They're just like, all right, fine. We're up two scores. We're going to run all over you. I'm gonna. I, last week, Mario, I came on this podcast and said Michigan was the best team in this country, and they just went and dismantled Minnesota. I know Minnesota isn't what they were last year. That is not a bad football team that Michigan just destroyed. And I, I want to share... I mentioned Chris Jenkins as my potential breakout, really not a breakout, but the player of the year on defense. Um, have you seen Mason Graham from uh, the, the D-line uh, on, for Michigan? Yeah, I mean, he's actually been really good. He'd had a, he came out in a club with a clubbed hand, and he just destroyed Minnesota single-handedly. I mean, Chris Jenkins is a really good defensive tackle. He might be the second-best defensive tackle on that line. This is a true sophomore. My point is, Michigan is very good, very deep. 33.5 points is a lot, and that might be with Michigan just running the ball like, and, and with their second and third stringers in the third quarter. I think that's just the reality. Michigan is that good this year. Um, this game, 33.5, I think is what it's at now. We'll say 35. I, I think they'll they'll probably achieve that. Not that we gamble, um, but I don't, I don't think they're going to struggle too much to do so. We completely agree with you. What about uh, we got Ohio State and Purdue at noon as well? I mean, I, I'm just going to be honest. This is going to be brutal. Uh, you got one of the best offenses in the country with some of the best skill position players in the country going up against one of the worst defenses the Big Ten has seen. Um, look, Purdue gave up 20 points last week, Josh, which doesn't seem like a lot. But then you remember it was against Iowa, who was playing with a backup quarterback who didn't complete a single pass to a wide receiver all game. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Purdue's defense is kind of trash right now. I'm sorry. Uh, I worry about them in this game. I think they're just going to get exposed here. Uh, last week, Kyle McCord threw for career high against Maryland. How disrespectful. You're going to disrespect the spoiler makers like that? Look, hey, yeah, look, I, I think dude, Kyle McCord threw for career high last week against Maryland. Look for that record. It only lasts one week, Josh, because he's going to throw for a new career <laughs> high in this game. Um, 
truthfully, though, it hasn't just been the defense that struggled for Purdue. You watch these games. uh, They've gotten inconsistent play from Hudson Card all season. I mean, he's been up and down each week. Uh, You're not really sure what you're going to get from him. Six touchdowns, five interceptions, 63% completion percentage. Um, let's see if he can give his team a chance to keep this one close. Uh, like you said, as we all know, they, they earned that nickname, the spoiler makers over the last few years, but uh, I, I just don't think they have the personnel right now to compete against the Buckeyes. I, I just feel like Ohio state has matchup advantages all over the field. Uh, one thing though, Josh, one thing uh, that I think could help out Purdue in this game on Saturday, and that's the weather. Uh, we're recording this in the middle of the week, but as of right now, they're expecting rain and like 15 to 20 mile per hour winds on Saturday afternoon in West Lafayette. Uh, so if there's one thing that can maybe slow down this Buckeyes offense, it might just be Mother Nature. What do you think? I, ooh, that's a lot to unwrap. Um, number one, I don't believe in the Buckeyes offense yet. Are, are they absolutely stacked? Absolutely. Egbuka's fantastic. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player in the world right now, best receiver in the world. Um, that's in, he'll be top five receiver when he goes to the NFL. I think that special that he's that special. Igbuka was limping around last week. Marvin Harrison Jr. is, is, you know, got that, that, uh, sprained ankle that he's very clearly said, um, in the rain. I, well, I can't, I don't have a reason to believe that Purdue is going to keep it close. I just feel like it's college football, man. They're going to keep it close. I'm not sold on Ohio State's offense yet. I think Kyle McCord in the rain, he's going to be struggling a little bit here. Um, I think the Ohio State's defense is very good. I think they're they're one of the best in the country and even a little underrated for where they've been. I think this is going to be closer than you think. I'm not I'm not ready to to write off Purdue just yet. I don't know, minus a monsoon happening on uh, Saturday. <laughs> I, got, I got Ohio State big, man. Hey, if you're Ryan Day, do you risk Marvin Harrison Jr. in the rain? No, no, I don't play him. They don't need him. We'll see. We'll see. I tell you what, let's go through one more game. We'll take a short break after. Um, and, and I, I want to say we, this next one, I, <laughs> it's another one of those interesting games. I feel like I want to root for Rutgers because I, I have in the past. But every time I say, let's go Rutgers, they disappoint me. But this kind of feels like a Rutgers win. They feel like they're the better team. They should pull it out. But Michigan State is due for a, a bounce back game. What are you looking at here? I agree with everything you just said. Rutgers is a five-point favorite at home. Really low total. I think I saw 41. Um, Michigan State's got some injuries they're dealing with on offense. They're coming off a bye, uh, which maybe gives them a little advantage. But, I mean, makeshift coaching staff, a a quarterback in Noah Kim who has really tapered off significantly. He's not showing a lot of progress so far. Uh, And that offense is struggling to put up any sort of points right now. Uh, Seven, nine, and 16 in their last three. Uh, their defense is getting cooked each week and three straight losses coming into this game. Uh, there's a reason why I have them at the bottom of my MPI power rankings this week. Uh, and they're going up against a very solid Rutgers defense this week whose strength is the run defense. Um, look, Rutgers has impressed us both so far. A tough loss to Wisconsin last week, but I mean, their only two losses on the season so far are to Michigan and to Wisconsin, both on the road. And those are both teams that are potentially going to be playing in the Big Ten championship game. Uh Look, Michigan State has owned Rutgers over the last few years, but right now I, I just feel like Rutgers is the better of these two teams. Uh, they've looked they looked good at home so far this season. I, I think they'll need a better effort out of Gavin Wimsett than they had last week versus Wisconsin. And, and they'll obviously need to run the ball a little more effectively here, only 64 yards on the ground last week. But uh, I, I have faith in them You know, turning this around here against the Spartans. What are your thoughts? Oh, man, Wimsett. 
Where where does Wims at fit on the MPI quarterback rankings? I don't have him in front of me, but if I had to guess, he's between 11 and 13. Man, I tell you what, the pick six before the half, no, man. No, you cannot do that. You cannot do that. Oh, he's it, it at, He's he, you watch him play and you think, man, this kid, this kid has all the tools to, to be successful if he can, if he could make the right decision, make the right read, and to see what happened there with Wisconsin throwing the pick six before the half, it's it's brutal. Um, with that being said, Michigan State just they don't their quarterback situation might be more bleak right now, right? I I don't think we know where they're going with this yet. I do feel like Michigan State's due for a get-right game. I do feel like Rutgers is the better football team. I'm, I'm kind of torn between this one, and when we make our picks later, I don't know where I'm heading with it. I mean, it's going to be an interesting game. It, it really is, especially with Michigan State coming off a bye. Um, does Rutgers rebound from last week? We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Why don't we take a short break? we got three more games to go through, and then we got our picks. Let's do it. And we are back, Mar. We got three more games in the Big Ten, the current Big Ten, and then I think we have a few more we might want to talk about. And we got our picks. So the first game, three thirty. We have a, a slate of afternoon games, three of them, which is going to make things a little tricky for us. Um, but the first one is UMass is going to Beaver Stadium to play the number six team in the country, Penn State. What are you looking at in this one? The line is pretty heavy. Yeah, I don't know how much time we need to spend on this one, but uh, Penn State's coming off a bye last week. Uh, may as well make it back-to-back buys because they're going to roll through this UMass team. <laughs> Low blow, man. Come on, I mean, UMass. They're going to have their backups in by halftime. Uh, I think they're a six-touchdown favorite, if I read that correctly. Uh, UMass has lost six straight in its homecoming in Happy Valley. Uh, Penn State should have no trouble winning decisively here. Uh, just some quick stats for you, Josh, uh, on UMass. Because uh, I know you're asking for them. Uh, UMass has given up 39.4 points per game, uh, and that's against teams like New Mexico State, Miami, Ohio, Eastern Michigan, Arkansas State, Toledo, you know, real powerhouses. Uh, they're also giving up 220 rush yards per game, which is good for third worst in the country. Uh, so just a guess here, but uh, look for Singleton, Allen, and Potts to just run through this team. I mean, if they're averaging giving up 220 yards on the ground, uh, then based off everything that we've seen from Penn State over the past two seasons, I mean, they should rush for 500 yards. Um, I got Penn State by like 50 points in this game. Next week, though, uh, that's the one everyone's looking forward to. Penn State, Ohio State next week, battle of two top six teams, two national title contenders. Uh, I hate to say it, but I mean, it, next week kind of feels like an elimination game. I mean, uh, you got to win that one. That's step one. Uh, step two is beating Michigan, and then step three is winning the Big Ten Championship, and then Step four is the playoffs. So, um, what are your thoughts? Don't think it's an elimination game. I think there's enough out there where that game, as long as you play it close, there's still potential. I look, Penn State's going to win this football game. I think it's a little more uncomfortable than Penn State would like it to be. And I think you're going to see people having some alarms go off. And I'm going to tell you why. Do you know who the coach is for UMass? I have no idea. Don Brown. Don Brown, the old D coordinator from Michigan Wolverines, he knows Penn State. He knows James Franklin. Now, look, the reality is he he has not seen Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen, Drew Aller, the talent. And, and UMass is not going to compete with the talent. But I think they do just enough to kind of throw off Penn State, make it a little bit of a game. 
Um, and then Penn State runs away with it. But just a little bit of a, a scare in the first half. Like, what is going on? And I, I want to share that now because when that does happen, Penn State fans, don't be alarmed. This is a coach that's seen your your team for a long time. He knows what's coming. Uh, he's just throwing some. He's throwing the house at you. So you think it's going to be similar to that Northwestern game, huh, for Penn State? I don't think quite that. I think it's just going to be like, how the heck is UMass competing with us for a quarter? Like, what is going on? Um, you know, like, you know how teams freak out or play fans freak out if they have one quarter that didn't perform like they had hoped? I mean, I'm looking at you Ohio State fans where you freak out because the C.J. Stroud isn't there, but here you are dominating everybody still. Um, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Penn State's still going to pull away. You got a lot more faith in UMass than I do, but I hey, I don't have faith in UMass. I want to share that. I have faith that Don Brown is going to throw the kitchen sink at Penn State. Um, speaking of three thirty, though, we have Illinois going to Maryland. Uh, Maryland coming off a tough loss, which I think I'll hit on. But um, what do you think of this game? I think Illinois is in a lot of trouble here. Uh, they didn't look good versus uh, Nebraska last week. They didn't look sharp. Uh, it doesn't feel like anything's going right for them right now, offensively or defensively. And uh, I just feel like Maryland's going to come into this game pissed off after how last week went versus Ohio State. You know, maybe maybe they had a chance for the upset. They made a few too many mistakes on offense. The pick sixes are killing them right now. But uh, ultimately, I just have more faith in this Maryland team than I do in, in Illinois. Um, Illinois getting really bad play from their quarterback right now. Altmaier has six touchdowns to eight picks. I, I expected a lot more from for, uh, from him coming into the season, coming over from Ole Miss. Uh, the offensive line isn't doing a very good job protecting him. He's been sacked 21 times, which is wild. Uh, the running backs aren't giving them too much production either. Uh, Reggie Love and Josh McCray have been a little disappointing so far. Uh, and with Maryland playing at home where, where they've been just destroying teams. I mean, at home this season, Josh, they put up 38, 38, 42, and 44. Uh, one of those games was versus Indiana. They beat them 44-17, to 17. And, and right now I think Indiana and Illinois are very comparable. Uh, I, I'm looking for Tonga Vailoa to have a huge day. I had his worst game of the season last week. I, I think he'll want to redeem himself. And, and weather permitting, because the East Coast is supposed to get hit with some rain this weekend, I think he's going to put up big numbers. What do you think? Oh, man. Altmaier. I think you had him high up on the MPI if I remember giving you a hard time for him early on. I did. Um, He's been slipping every week, though. Every week. I, that's why mm-hmm. I wanted to see where you had him ranked, uh, because I, I don't know. Like that bottom five is like not. It's not the Pac-12 right now. Let me just put it that way, because um, the Pac-12 has some really good quarterback play this year. Uh, man, Talia. I just want to share. Last week, we, we, I've said this for two years straight. If he can just be consistent, this team is going to be really good. This is a good football team. They outplayed Ohio State in a big way last week, but then they also lost by twenty points. Right, like this is that's that's the highs and lows you get with this team. I don't know what to make of this. I, Maryland's a better football team. Realistically, they should win this football game with ease with the way Illinois is playing. But you don't know what you're getting from this team, and and that's all led by the quarterback. If he's not if he's not on, this team tends to struggle. But when he's on, it's game over by the third quarter so I don't know I'm pretty intrigued by it overall yeah I'm, I'm curious to see how Maryland's offense looks this week uh coming off coming off that rough second half for Ohio State but uh I, they're the better team they should win but let's see we'll see now at four o'clock we have a little bit staggered timing which is nice in this way but um this is the game of <laughs> this is the game of I uh, 
game defense, of the day. Defense, 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 and the game of the day. If you're looking from the Big Ten perspective, unless you're looking at the spoiler makers, uh, Iowa goes to Camp Randall. This is one of your protected games, if I'm not mistaken, right? It is. Um, yeah, that's correct. I, I always look forward to this game because it's like hard hitting. It is all defense, and I don't know that that will differ this year. I think we're going to see a hard hitting, a lot of defense, not a lot of points. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I think this game decides the West. I mean, there's still a lot of football left to play, but the winner of this game is in the driver's seat, no doubt. Uh, to me, it's interesting because on one hand, this might be the worst offense Wisconsin will see all season, and then on the other hand, uh, outside of their game with Ohio State at the end of this month, it, it might be the best defense they see all season. Uh, Iowa's defense is the real deal. Cooper DeGene is a monster in that secondary. If I were a fan of this Badgers team, Josh, there would be two things that worry me in this game. Number one, like I just mentioned, that Hawkeyes defense. Um, you got to remember, Wisconsin's without their stud running back, Ches Malushi. Uh, now they still have Braylon Allen, but I mean, that one two punch of Allen and Malushi was dangerous early in the season. It's all on Allen now. And uh, right now, the rush defense is the best part of this Iowa football team. They're only giving up like three yards per carry. Uh, Tanner Mordecai at quarterback hasn't been astounding anyone. Only three touchdown passes on the season so far. Three yeah, kind of disappointing, right? Yeah, three TDs to three picks, 17 for 31 last week. I, I know I know this sounds a little harsh, but, I mean, the more I watch this guy, the more I'm just kind of underwhelmed and unimpressed. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they struggled offensively here in this game, too. And then uh, the, the second thing, the return of Caleb Johnson for Iowa. He missed three weeks with an ankle injury. Uh, you saw this offense not only struggle through the air but on the ground as well. Uh, not last week, though. Not with Johnson back. 134 yards on only 17 carries, averaged eight yards per rush. Uh, he actually won my game ball last week. I think if Iowa can establish the running game and play that aggressive style of defense that we know they're capable of, this could be a long day for the Badgers. Uh, and don't forget the theme of this Saturday. We got rain and high winds expected in this game as well. What are your thoughts? I love this football game. Uh, I <laughs> I don't know what to make of these two teams. You know what? We say it's for the West. Let me just say, first of all, I'm so glad the divisions are leaving. I, I the minute that these divisions were announced, it was like, you have who in the East and who in the, like, <laughs> wait, did you say Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State? Like, and and why are they not, no one in the West? Um, look, Iowa and Wisconsin have done a great job, uh, you know, relatively speaking, the last few years. Iowa's offense is not, is not beating anybody this year. They're not getting to their 25-point average. They'll be lucky if they get to a 20-point average by the end of the year, and that's not a slight to that team. Um, Wisconsin, they're going to be able to run the football. They, they, The way I look at this game, Wisconsin will run for three yards a carry, like you just said, and you know what? That's fine because if it takes them four downs to get 12 yards, they'll, they'll eventually score because Iowa's not scoring. They're not scoring in this football game. Wisconsin's going to win the West, and uh, this is the start of it, in my opinion. You know, if Iowa does score in this football game, it's going to be Cooper DeGene. And he plays cornerback, so that's a problem. That's a good point. (laughs) That's a really good point. He is a stud, by the way. He is really fun to watch. Look, that's every one of our games. Why don't we go through our picks, and then let's go through. I want to talk about, we got a couple games that are really big here uh, throughout college football. I think we should spend a few minutes on. Let's get into the picks. Indiana at Michigan. Michigan's just too good. I, I don't think we'll you know, have a repeat of last year where Indiana kept it close. Uh, I have Michigan big here. Michigan big. This team is very, very good. Ohio State at Purdue. 
Purdue's got the worst defense in the world right now. Uh, Ohio State's going to put up 70 points in this game, Josh. Uh, I got the Buckeyes. What? 70. The over-under is 49. This offense has not proven to be strong yet. This game is closer than Ohio State likes it. Ohio State wins. Michigan State at Rutgers. I think this Rutgers defense is going to be a serious problem for Michigan State. Uh, I'm taking Rutgers in this one low-scoring game. I feel like I got to say, like, I'm struggling, man. This is one game I've been bouncing back and forth. Every time I trust in Rutgers, they, they Rutger me. I don't, I don't know what to say. I, I'm going to trust Rutgers. I'm going to say Rutgers is going to win this game. This is a good football team, an above-average football team, and Michigan State is not there yet. But I'm not going to be mad to see Michigan State bounce back, get a win on the road, um, and, and, and finally pick themselves up. We'll see. UMass at Penn State. I got UMass. I'm just kidding. I'm taking Penn State all day. <laughs> what a great job scheduling, by the way. You said it earlier, a bye week before Ohio State, which I was definitely insulting to UMass. I want to be very clear to everyone. I would never disrespect UMass. Don Brown's going to have, he's going to throw the kitchen sink at Penn State, slow him down for the first quarter. Uh, but Penn State pulls away. Illinois at Maryland. I think Maryland's going to come into this game wanting to make up for that loss last week to Ohio State. I have Maryland big in this game. I think they are too. Maryland wins big, but you know what? I'm still looking going, man, Maryland, if you could get that consistent quarterback play, you can knock someone off. Maybe they'll do it to Michigan. Iowa at Wisconsin. This is a tough one for me. Uh, I think Iowa's defense is going to give Wisconsin some trouble. And look out for Caleb Johnson, but... Ultimately, I think Wisconsin is too good. Uh, they're on a roll right now. I have the Badgers in this one. First to 10 wins. Wisconsin wins. All right. I think we're pretty aligned on all those picks. We were, actually. I, I debated going with Michigan State just to be uh, differ from you here. I just feel like there's a clear separation this year between teams. And I do completely think, agree. I do think these games are a little tighter than people would like. It's starting to get a little cold. Teams start to play a little differently, right? You find out who's tough and um, and and who's the most who's ready for the cold. And I think we're going to learn a lot about these teams. It's going to be interesting with that weather this weekend. Rain, high winds. I mean, it it's, it helps a team like Iowa to be honest. But um, hey, before a team we wrap like Wisconsin up, too. It does. Before we wrap up, can I tell you what I'm looking forward to the most this weekend? Ooh, UMass in Penn State. Just ahead of UMass in Penn State, uh, we got number 10 USC who is going to beat down Notre Dame this weekend. It's going to be glorious. No, they're It'll not. It'll be the third loss for this overrated Notre Dame team. They're done. Can't wait. Look, I realize we have um, we, we have like a certain duty as Big Ten fans to, to have a rivalry against Notre Dame. Notre Dame... Uh, they have struggled. They put 10 guys on the field against Ohio State in the most crucial moments. USC does not have a defense. If it's like what's what's bigger than Swiss cheese cuz I I don't know. Like they don't they don't have even cheese. Like they they just <laughs> let everyone through them. This defense uh it, unless they figure that out, this team is not winning. They're not going to the title this year. I think Notre Dame wins this game. They control the clock. They run the football. Estimate um, it, he's a tough guy to bring down, I, and I think they keep the ball away from Caleb Williams, and Notre Dame wins this football game. It's going to be fun, though. I, I mean, watching Caleb yeah. Williams uh, play against the Fighting Irish, that's that's going to be a fun game to watch, man. We got a lot of uh, other big games this weekend, too. I know you wanted to touch on it, but 
Oregon uh, and quick, Washington, two Big yeah, Ten teams. Number eight Oregon at number seven Washington. It's a big game. I don't even know who to pick. I've watched both of these teams this year. I mean, we watched Michigan State um, struggle a little bit against Washington. And I watched, I think, Oregon versus uh, Colorado this year. Man, I don't know. Both these teams look like really good. This is gonna be this is gonna be a wild ride. I don't know who to pick. I, yeah, I really like watching Michael Penix play football. I, I think he's a fantastic quarterback. He'll be a first or second round pick. Come you think next, so? come next April. I, I think so. I, I think I he's really, too old. I, 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 I'm not calling him old, but you know how that is in the NFL. I think for quarterbacks, it's different though, man. I think it's okay if they're a little older, right? Sometimes, but that's why I don't think it'll be a first round. I think you might get a mid rounds day two. Well, pick, we just saw it with uh, Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker last year was a what was he a third round pick, right? Coming off a terrible injury, he was a little older too. I you know I I, I put Hendon or I put uh, Penix over Hendon Hooker, so maybe second round. I don't you know maybe I, here's the thing. I think there's a few things that are holding him back. Number one. He's a lefty a little bit, right? He's older and he's a lefty. And that the reality is when you're looking at a quarterback, the, the tackle, that plays a huge impact, right? Your left tackle versus your right tackle. That's like a key player on the team in my, you know, I think if you're looking at it. The other piece is, this is, you said it a couple weeks ago, this is a loaded quarterback class. I, I couldn't believe it after you went through it last time. I had to go do research because we missed people. Like they're stacked this year. And I think that affects him because we're going to see, like, there's enough quarterbacks for every team this year with the way it is. That's and I think really we can get point. one late. <laughs> that's a, that's um, actually a really good point. It's going to make it a little tricky, but it'll make you wonder if some other teams aren't going to uh, – if some other players maybe don't come out, like if they're not going to be a top – I'm looking at, like, a J.J. McCarthy, for example, for Michigan. And I'm not saying he's not going to. If he's a first-round pick or a top-ten pick, you take the money and you go. Um, however, if you're looking at like a Bo Nix who could potentially go early, and I, I don't know, or a Caleb Williams, a Drake May, uh, the guy out of Duke, like all these players could go early and then maybe you fall to the second, third, fourth round with NL, NLI or NIL. Like, does it make sense? I don't know. It's going to be really odd. You know where J.J. is going to be playing next year? Where? The Patriots. It only makes sense. You got that Michigan-Tom Brady connection. He seems like a Bill Belichick guy. I'm calling right now J.J. McCarthy. Patriots are using their first-round pick on J.J., unless it's, like, a top-five pick. I think then they go after Caleb or, or Drake May. But if they're, like, anywhere from 6 to 12, 6 to 13, they're taking J.J. I don't know. He's got the tools right now. We'll see. Let's Before you say J.J. McCarthy is a first-round pick, why don't we see him against Penn State and Ohio State this year? He has proven it in the past. However, he also had a very ugly game this year against, I, was it Bowling Green? It might have who, been, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he well, also had a pretty ugly picks. game. TCU was also a little, he had like a really good game and two pick sixes in there, which I, are like very, they're anomalies. Before I'm ready to, to crown that for him, I, I think let's wait to see what this year plays out. I think you say the same thing for like a Bonix or anything like that. The only sure thing, in my opinion, is Caleb Williams is a fantastic football player. And Shadur Sanders. Um, so, <laughs> He's not so, going anywhere either. Uh, I don't. I don't know if Dion will let him leave. Uh, so Oregon, Washington, USC, Notre Dame. We also got number twenty-five Miami at number twelve North Carolina. I bring that one up because of Drake May. Drake May has been fun to watch. Uh, and then Did you see how eight, Miami lost last week? Without yeah, what they do? Uh, didn't their coach they, Mario Cristobal come out and say he he screwed up? He took the blame for it. 
you can either take a knee or you can run the football to try and run it up. Guess what he chose to do? It wasn't take a knee and win the football game. He They fumble, and then they give up two huge plays. I mean, it was... Yeah, that was like brutal. A, it'd be a fireball offense if they didn't pay him that much money. That, rough that's loss. Saying. Rough loss. Uh, number 18, UCLA at number 15, Oregon State. I like watching Oregon State play. Uh, they They've actually been fun to watch, the Beavers. Uh, I don't know. They're just one of those strange teams that I don't really spend too much time watching year after year. And then this year, for some reason, they caught my eye. So uh, anytime they're on, especially in a top 20 matchup, I'm going to watch that game as well. I can't wait. I'm a huge Oregon State fan. I actually really enjoyed Pac-12 this year. They're going out with a bang. UCLA is actually a very good football team, too, um, with a really young quarterback. So that's going to be a really good football. This is a good week. You got NC State. You got Duke. You got Arkansas and uh, and Bama, Arkansas and Bama, obviously. Um, it, Auburn, LSU, like this is a good week. And then next week, it's the cherry on top. You got Penn State and Ohio State. Sign me up. And don't forget, next week we also have Michigan and Michigan State. I don't want to undersell that game at all. There is like hate over there. And it's going, from my understanding, it's a night game. I was going to uh, say, so I was going to ask you, I, I haven't seen it. Michigan, Michigan State's a 730 kick. Penn State, Ohio State, it's got to be a, a noon game then, right? They don't want to overlap those two games. I would imagine that's a big noon kickoff game, right? That's such a big football game. That'll be a big noon kickoff. So that's going to be wild. And I want to look at look ahead at a few more games too. So those two games are like really fun. You got Duke, number 17 Duke, number four Florida State. You that's have Arizona. You have number 16, Utah, and number 10, USC. Don't forget, Utah has not had Cam Rising, their star quarterback. Could that be the game he comes back? 19, Tennessee, 11, Bama playing each other. Um, 19, Washington State, 8, Oregon. Like, you are going to have a shakeup in the near future here. So let's have some fun this week. Let's enjoy the ride. Next week's about to get wild. And then don't forget, the week after next week, the first CFP rankings come out. So, Oh, I didn't know that. I, I believe it's the last week of October. So very curious to see. I don't know, right at the top, I, does, how, many, how many votes does Michigan get? How close, is, how close are Michigan and Georgia? Where's Ohio State? Let's assume they're all undefeated going into You don't know. I do not count out Michigan State at home. I know that team is not playing good football. And that's why I wonder if they're going to have a get-right game because – Man, they have. I have watched them play some, like play some games against Michigan that they had no business being in. But there's so much hate. I think last year was where we had allegedly some like helmets thrown and things like that. That like there's hate. This is going to yeah, be some a wild ride. Some mischievous activity in the tunnel after that game. So hopefully this year they keep them in separate tunnels. Yeah. Well, I, I we'll see. Does does Michigan State have separate tunnels? I don't know. I don't know. I, ho- I hope they do. I don't know. I, we'll next see. time, I would like you to come in with your MPI of tunnels in the Big Ten, the Ooh, stadium tunnels. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to jot that down real quick. Can you even do uh, research on that? The Big House is number 14. They're at the bottom. <laughs> One tunnel. I mean, come on. It's 2023. I think. Can you Get find out how many situation. teams have tunnels? I actually would be intrigued if it's two, if it's one. I don't even know what that is. I'll have it next week. All right, Mar, why don't you. we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. Uh, thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us. Uh, we had fun. Uh, if you enjoy our podcast, subscribe on Spotify or whatever platform you use. You can follow us on Twitter at BTR Show Pod. Thank you, everyone, and we'll see you guys next time.